Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Oh, good morning, everybody. Hope everyone is having an amazing day today. Happy Thursday. Good morning. It's Thursday, March 2nd, and today is National Old Stuff Day, National Hospitaliest Day. I guess that's for the people in the hospitality industry. National Banana Cream Pie Day. Shout out to Nick and Golden State Banana because you know they're going bananas today. National Read Across America Day and World Teen Mental Wellness Day. Thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can use that fancy little QR code right there in the top left corner of your screen to find out where we live on the internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. If you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. Also, too, just so everyone knows, you can also find us now in podcast form. So if you do miss a day, you can find us on podcast wherever you download your podcast, whether that be Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, whatever it is that you like to do is where you can find us. But coming up first, we have the dope dad himself. That's right. Rico the meat. When Rico's not changing diapers or hosting tea parties for his daughter's friends, you can find him, you know, counting cabbage, making sure that he's really happy. That's right. It is the dope dad himself. Rico the meat. Oh, man. You know, cabbage needs to be counted by everybody. You know, I'm talking about Jack. Uh, Jason. And um, what is happening, everybody? And uh, I've got a very, very timely conversation that I want to have with an open conversation with everybody um, today about artificial intelligence. Right. So this story came out in Motley Fool earlier this week, and um, it's, it's very relevant because there's been a huge uprising with uh, ChatGPT. And um, it's entering the cannabis industry. Um, a lot of folks have been using it uh, uh, prior to the rise of ChatGPT and other AI um, um, AI components and uh, um, uh, tools. But um, ChatGPT really, really uh, set everything off and uh, kicked uh, uh, kicked off the what we call the AI uh, revolution. So uh, that, my story is going to be about that. And I just want to ask everybody at the end, open conversation, how you guys think it's, uh, everything's going to happen going forward. So. Uh, Artificial intelligence. Um, back in 2014, Elon Musk forecasted artificial intelligence would be the biggest existential threat to humankind. But what is it? Artificial intelligence or AI by definition is perceiving, synthesizing, and inferring information demonstrated by machines as opposed to intelligence displayed by non-human animals and humans. It's been predicted to soon disrupt all of society since the concept was first explored by scientific researchers back in the 1950s. And it may have taken 70 years for soon to actually become now, but the public release of OpenAPI's ChatGPT chatbot app last November changed everything. Uh, regular everyday people now have free access to apply the technology in every, uh, to everyday tasks, and it's really escalated quicker than anybody's ever uh, even expected. With uh, over 100 million monthly active users by January, ChatGPT became the fastest growing web platform ever. Now it seems AI is damn near everywhere. And you see AI deepfakes with videos and audio of so, uh, celebrities being used for social media content. 
high school and college students to using ChatGPT based apps to write full term papers for uh, for themselves instead of doing the research and doing it out, uh, grinding it out themselves. Um, but for all of the negative press and fear mongering that are tied to the technology's rapid rollout, um, there's a ton of positive potential as well. It can run simulations to predict and find the source of future out, uh, disease outbreaks. It can automate uh, time-consuming tasks nobody really enjoys doing, like data entry, inventory management, processing paperwork. Um, but how will it be affecting the cannabis industry? Motley Fool is a financial website, and I want to leave the names that they talk about in there because they're, they're paid for and all that stuff. But they did say that the two most prominent changes that we'll be seeing in cannabis will be the reduction of costs for retail labor and brand building. Most sales, general, and administrative jobs on the retail level will be replaced by automation. Uh, marketing, advertising for brands, that can be automated and campaign simulated to target audiences uh, free of costs, totally. Um, potentially doing away with all the R&D budgets altogether. Um, Although a lot of the stuff's already been at play behind the scenes, the visible changes will likely start to happen soon, resulting in rising, mar uh, rising margins across the board for early adopters. So, yes, that does mean a ton of people are going to be losing their jobs soon, low-level jobs uh, to computers. But on the other hand, forward-thinking small and mid-sized companies can actually compete with MSOs uh, in ways that they never have before. It's a lot to process, in a, but a very, very valid product. Um, uh, problem that we're going to be approaching very soon if some of us have not already. So my question is, now that the AI revolution is officially here, um, do you guys think that it's going to be a positive or a negative for the industry? Um, Rico the Meat, Dopest Dad on the Street for High 9 News. What do you think, Jason? What's your take on it? I mean, AI is a job killer for a lot of jobs that people are going to have. A lot of people aren't going to be able to get work. But I'll tell you what, I love AI from the factor. I love of all the memes that I've been seeing lately that are just been crushing the social media world that are all enhanced because of chat GPT. Yeah, I don't think it's worth even having the conversation. Is it a bad thing? You know, it sounds like we should be sitting around, you know, knitting in our, our dark little corners of our houses if we're having that conversation. You know, this is technology and you can't stop it. And um, if we don't embrace it, if we don't embrace it, then I think we're, you know, then then we're going to be left behind. But companies that are embracing uh, AI, such as ChatGBT right now, are the ones that are absolutely winning. There's no question. How can you really embrace it when it's going to take everyone's jobs away? I don't think it's going to take everyone's jobs away. Um, you know, you can't have sex with a chat GBT. So well, I feel you, like you, there's you that, 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 that how to safe. have sex. That's chat GBT, like how the best position yeah. your partner Ch will so be taking. Chat GBT, let me give you an example, just a personal example. I, we had to have a tough conversation with my mother-in-law last week. And uh, we asked chat GBT, uh, for some advice. Um, and right, it was, a, you know, smile right there. it is a good smile because it's help. It's helpful. You know, it takes the stress off. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't have the first fucking clue how to start this conversation or broach this topic or whatever. It's like, you're scared. It's like, Oh, let me just ask ChatGBT, give it some information. And it's but, just, but, you know, but, it's but, like but, staring but, at a blank you're, page. You're a marketer. And from a marketer standpoint, yeah. let's say you're a marketer for a large organization, a large MSO. Yeah. You might be losing your contract. Very no, very see, you're not. What's what we're seeing is the rise of prompt engineering. Mm -hmm. And those are the folks who are going to win. Those are the marketers who will be, uh, you know, who are already at the next level. Those who know how to talk to ChatGBT and get what we need out of the AI engines. <laughs> and I think those are the people who are really going to win. But yeah, basic marketers, they, they shouldn't have jobs for very long, should they? Because they're basic, huh? Basic? <laughs> I'm just, I mean, it's just the way it goes. <laughs> like all those McDonald paying jobs, that's all going to get take taken over by Chat AI. GBT can't flip a burger, but a robot can flip a burger. So I don't know where we're going that's there. All AI, it's AI. AI. That's all AI. I, I, hear, I hear you, Rico, on where you're coming from, but I also mm -hmm. agree with Liz. I think that um, I do a lot of writing in my job. And sure, mm -hmm. this can make my life easier, but I do not believe, I firmly don't believe, and I don't care how many wonderful computers you put in front of me, can also bring the same human sentiment uh, that you need in certain campaigns and arguments that you're making to politicians or trying that. to persuade media to cover you. 
Uh, you still need a human touch. Sure, I can ask a machine to give me some bullet points before I go into a meeting on a piece of legislation, but you still need a human to comprehend and actually make the the actual arguments and decisions and strategy uh, for moving anything forward. So it's so true, Gretchen. I mean, we dealt with a similar experience in, in human medicine and AI has been amazing because you can teach a computer, you can teach them by showing them 10,000 heart failure cases and their outcomes and their medications and they learn it in half an hour. And then it, it saves having to teach a human being that you've decided to invest a lot of money and time in that is is of, of above average intelligence. You know, you're, you're getting a computer that can do it all. But I, think I, 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 I agree with uh, both of you and uh, so much more important because then, you know, the only way that, that you don't differentiate an intelligent person from the computer, the computer's going to out-intelligent you, but, but you need that human interaction. So more and more face-to-face -face getting mm -hmm. involved that way is a critical part of your success. I, I agree with both of you um, on the human. These deep fakes getting better and better by the day and we're doing a lot of uh, communication by zoom right like how long until you just have a bunch of fake robots like communicating with you and you have no idea if it's an actual human or not i would know <laughs> and, and why would you not why, why would you not like, like this if, is if, so science fiction it's so fun rico i think you science should, reality. I, want, I, I, I love it I, I love it i love it well it's it's you need to monk you need to stoke those fears just to like keep that. the conversation going, certainly. <laughs> but the fact my is, my point, my point remains the same. You can't have sex with a robot. You can't have sex with AI. And it all certainly comes down to human interaction. Man, feelings, right now. feelings <laughs> no, nuance, feelings, they, nuance, what gets you excited, what gets you curious, what makes you feel successful, and that's human interaction and winning with other humans. Most deals are done on the fucking golf course or, you know, in a sesh or at, in, in, uh, at retreats, you know, where humans put their phones away. What and, about the nightclub? So, well, definitely the nightclub, okay. Jason All Beck, right. in your case. Well, and especially in DC. I mean, there were stories done at the beginning of the pandemic about how Washington was truly going to shut down because every deal is made in a happy hour. Um, at a cocktail party. Oh, Nothing's yeah. done on business hours. Razor. Everything's about your relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to still be uh, how everything functions in this world. You need relationships. I don't care how many computers tell me what to do. I, I'm still going to pick up a pen and paper. You know, the most like disturbing at all. You know, the most disturbing Hate thing them. about chat GPT and a couple of these other ones is that they are programmed by the woke and chat GPT yeah. is actually woke. And you can, you can totally troll it and you can actually make it cry if you ask it a few things. <laughs> and then, like, I've watched a few people do this, and this is hysterically funny. I encourage you to check it out. Jason, what's wrong with you? You even try and make computers cry. <laughs> do you know? Chat hey, hey, GPT is woke, and it's not a good thing for a computer <laughs> AI to be woke. Okay. So woke, it, 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 woke. it is a way. Hey, hey Adam, can you, can you play that on YouTube, yeah. YouTube clip? There. Um, what's that? What's that, Nicholas? What are you saying? We got Nicholas Wildstar in Clubhouse. I'm curious. What's up, y'all? Let me jump in here for a second. I was going to say, Jason, you are not lying about it being woke because I ain't going to lie. The opinion piece is actually AI generated by Chat GPT, the one that I wrote uh -huh. and will be available on the website. But uh, the first time that I put it into the engine, um, it actually came back with one that was pro cannabis regulation. I had to pretty much manipulate it to say, give me one that's, um, you know, pro, um, pro the unlicensed market and uh, had to do some more tweaking to actually get it to say what I wanted it to say. So you're absolutely right. First things first, it's going to lean left. And um, as far as it having that personal touch, it's always going to take a human to jump in there and kind of um, uh, manipulate things. But uh, I would have to disagree with, uh, I think it was Gretchen who said people aren't going to be having sex with robots. 
You didn't no, know. No, no, no. no I said that. That, that, that was Liz. Liz. That was me. And people have sex with robots, but the most satisfying, <laughs> most expensive we, we, we gotta, sex is with we, people. We got to keep on moving. Oh, That's my only point. We got to keep on moving to the next story, but I want to get You got people out there that are paying for stripper robots. And the minute they get those things, some brains to where they're doing more. You're going to have guys lined up to go with the robot versus, uh, you know, having to deal with a woman. I hate Y'all wish. But you got people that are anti-social like that, and that's why they're gravitating towards the metaverse and, yep. you know, engaging their entire lives, including making business deals in the metaverse, going on um, virtual golf courses. And doing those same interactions that they would do in the real world. So it's a slippery slope, but it all boils down to our intention is human beings. Because if it is to manipulate, we agree with you. We got to keep it moving. Uh, Adam, can you just play, play like 30 seconds of this? All right. Fascinating conversation. I can't hear it. We can't Where's hear the audio. It? Where's the audio we on can't it? Can't hear it, bro. Let, 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 let's get to the commercial, bro. Yeah. We got to go. We got to keep it. Yeah, run the commercial, Adam. At True Classic OG, we live by one motto: stay true. We stay true to our legacy cut of True OG. That's always fresh, piney, gassy, and delicious. We represent the spirit and hustle and diversity of our great city of angels, and we stay true to the spirit of this plant doing everything in-house to ensure that you get the highest quality and consistency with every batch. And that's what made us LA's favorite OG. True Classic OG. Stay true, Los Angeles. Up next, y'all know who it is. It is the longest continuously operated... Are we getting a list? All right. The longest continuously operated retailer in the world... And the industry's very own Kaiser Rose, representing Green Street, representing Oswego, representing West Hollywood, anything out there, y'all know who it is. Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. I have a follow-up story from a story that Nicole Buffon covered on Tuesday because I felt it was pretty, pretty important. And we get some final closure on this, you guys. Because the Las Vegas OK's marijuana lounge regulations, that's right. The years-long vision of cannabis consumption lounges within Las Vegas came to a steep close to reality Wednesday after the city council approved regulations for establishments. But after a unanimous vote, questions remain about where the city council will allow the businesses to open at. That issue is a is a waivable thousand foot separation between lounges that could bulldoze the concept of an Amsterdam of the West that license holders hope for the the downtown Las Vegas area. The waiver, which provisional license holders advocated against, allows the council discretion to approve or deny licenses in a quote. For those folks that might think that the thousand foot waiver would preclude someone from coming to this council with an interesting idea that you might want to consider, it doesn't, said Jim Lewis, a deputy city attorney. Opponents said the waiver makes it difficult to find a place to rent and the uncertainty allows for them to get stuck in long term leases only to have their concept rejected by the city city staff. Uh, and uh, Seattle, San Diego, and Denver have a thousand-foot separation between consumption lounges. And in a quote, you have an opportunity in front of you to not to not have unnecessary barriers, said Paul Murad, a real estate professional who has been lobbying for the prospective applicants. In another quote, any one of you can be that progressive paradigm-shifting person that changes that. Because currently, you always look at another city, another jurisdiction, but you don't have to do that, he says. Councilwoman Olivia Diaz classified the lounges as, get ready for this, uncharted territory. She said the city has heard many different opinions. Not everyone wants the, uh, the title, the, the little Amsterdam in a certain space, and we have to be respectful of spaces that are already exist, she said. 
in another quote, she says, I don't think anyone on this council is opposed to the, to that concept of a marijuana district, but where that is going to happen is still at question, and we don't even know how to answer, she said. Proponents said that a marijuana district possibly within the arts district would allow patrons to walk from one lounge to another and would see a national example of another jurisdiction that could legalize such business. While the city did not uh, budge on the distance separation, it did lower the one time uh, or excuse me, the one time or charge for the seven social equity applicants one, uh, who plan to open standalone locations from $2,500 to $1,500. So it saved them a thousand bucks. Industry insiders had called for the city to significantly reduce the fees, which are separate from the uh, semi-annual licensing fees that are capped at no more than 3% of gross income. The 10,000 uh, origination fees were not reduced for the other three independent Nevada license holders or the five dispensaries that plan to open lounges attached to their retail spaces. The city also removed a provision that would have required applicants to seek permission from neighboring businesses to allow outdoor smoking. They instead will be allowed to request a city council waiver. After a year, applicants will return to City Hall where conditions will be reviewed, said Seth Floyd, the city's director of community development. Uh, Councilman Cedric Sirir said he was not a fan right now for outdoor consumption until that review. And other, other rules include uh, in, innovative separations between schools, uh, the Symphony Park District, the Las Vegas Medical District, and the Casino <coughs> excuse me casino hotel district safety and outdoor control plans must be uh must be filed and background checks conducted and the lounges must ban alcohol consumption and install surveillance systems clark county the only other area municipality that opted into allowing lounges already established regulations for the up to 21 lounges that it could also follow well now that that's all settled um for and we're going to end up having lounges up there how long do you guys think it'll be until any of these actually open and get through all of the red tape that they're going to take to get there and this is jason beck digressing for high at nine news jason beck mm. i ha i have to disagree with you that this is settled i mean it just seems even more ridiculous than before sure they've lowered the one fee but they still kept in place the thousand foot restriction so i don't understand how that at all helps with the walking district it's a waiver. It's a waiver. And and, 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 waiver? and advocates advocates wanted a, a walking district, but the city is not clear it. on where that should be yet. I get it, but they did not lift the thousand foot restriction. They made it a waiver so you can apply to, to have it to, to not to not to not it for it not to affect. So so therefore they did in essence lift it. You just have to go through a process in order to have it lifted. I disagree. Well, I think this is a whole else. lot of bullshit that's not going <laughs> to let this happen anytime soon. You call it a waiver. I call this bureaucracy bullshit. I'm telling you right now, I could put a bet on this. Oh, shit. Like what? Wait. Um, oh, um, um, am I hearing a bet? Benjamin Franklin. What is am I hearing a bet? Both a year later from your neighbor and they go to the city council meeting. You know, I mean, that sounds like a big risk to take. It is. And what about with the outdoor consumption that you have to get your neighbors to sign off on outdoor consumption? That's it. Oh, I mean, I mean, but Vegas, Vegas not, is not you just got to pay your neighbor off, I feel like, and you, they'll, they'll say, true. okay. Well, yeah, how much is the application cost? True. My understanding when they say waiver, they don't mean just the folks next door to you. It's also people across the street, caddy corner, everybody who can like see you is what counts as a neighbor. It's neighbor. not like you have yeah. to. But it's not like you're getting one or two guys to sign off. You're going to have to get like five businesses, six businesses to sign off. Good luck with it all, that. It all depends on where you're located, Gretchen. You might only have one business that's across the street from you where you open up at. Well, do you want foot track it or not? Yes. I mean, if you only got one guy across the street from you, I mean, who's going to come and see you? I think, I think it's anyone, hard, though, with the conception lounge. 
right? think anyone expecting any foot traffic anywhere in Vegas, unless you're on the strip, is just smoking clouds themselves. Okay. I, I disagree. I think in the reality. art district, in the art district or in the old downtown, you could absolutely put this and have plenty of foot traffic. Let me tell you something. I don't ever walk around in Vegas unless I'm walking around in a casino. Okay. I'd never walk around. Well, that's you. Do we have any around in Vegas, Vegas or Nevada in the room or in Clubhouse? To, to chime in on this. We usually have some folks from the, the Nevada community. Yeah, I, I have to say, Where's Gretchen is so right. There's an incredible community right. there. Um, so are they just, this is just consumption lounges. I mean, it sucks because it is a consumption lounge and there will be consumption, i.e. smoking. You know, you can see just to play devil's advocate for, you know, neighboring businesses, how, you know, concerning that might be, albeit unfounded and just complete, you know, bullshit. Um it's just, it's interesting. It's cool. I fucking love Las Vegas. And now so, you so are you think, just pushing you, the envelope. You think the big winners in this are what, Planet 13 and the, the Artisan the, Hotel. The, 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 the five people, the five people, yeah, the five Reef. people that have, that have the consumption lounges that are going to be yeah. attached to their dispensaries mm -hmm. because they're going to be, yeah. a, they're, they're the ones that are going to win the, win the most. These standalone consumption lounges, it's going to be so hard for them to turn a profit. It's it, like, I don't even understand why anyone. There's no way they're going to be able to compete. Like this, this is like no. game over from day one, right? Um, well, I, th I, I, I think I think that's more in, not in the regulation that they created um, yesterday, but in the regulation that was created prior to to where that dictates that you can only get your supplies from a retail. And so that means that there's going to be a serious markups at anyone that shops at a consumption lounge unless you're shopping at a dispensary and then walking into their consumption lounge. Oh, well, yeah, because the middleman got to get paid. Mm hmm. Exactly. Taking it from point A to point Z. And, you know, everyone is all about getting paid in Las Vegas. It's mm -hmm. a capitalistic city. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I think. It, so you think that's a, a big L for the for the community, for the small guy, the little guy in Vegas. Well, I mean, I mean, it all depends on the business plan and what and 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 what your business is 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 really actually making profit on. If you're if your overall yes. business plan is to make a profit <laughs> off of selling weed. Then I think that's a big L. But if if your business is is outside of that and cannabis consumption is just a sidebar of your business plan, then I think you can definitely right. be successful if it if it makes sense. So the trap will live to see another day, is what you're saying. Oh, Jason. the trap is definitely going to live. And I'll tell you what, I'm not going to visit any of these consumption lounges. I'm still going to walk outside or smoke in my hotel room. Yeah, well, yeah, we need to keep it. We need to keep it uh, and, moving. And, 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 and to the fact of the there to the point of them. Uh, being questionable about right. smoking outside i mean who in the hell wants to smoke outside in las vegas nevada in the summertime anyway right <laughs> no, one's True. no one said summertime right but I who did. wants to sit inside and inhale everybody else's smoke jason yeah i don't know what it is but there is something about the great outdoors including wonderful <laughs> cannabis that you hate and i'm gonna hey, get to the bottom of this guy. and find out what yes. is wrong with you let's get some dirt under those nails Let's get you a little into the into a crick or something. Jason. I mean, let's. I I'm going to take you camping, Jason. Back, and I'm not talking woods. glamping. We're going to get a tent and we're no, going to build a fire. Glamping still a thing. No way. Not a chance. Are you going to catch me sleeping in a tent? Glamping Why not? Here. Why you know, not? No. We're going to we're okay. getting you out there, Jason. Back. I'm going to kidnap you or something. It, it won't be that hard. I'm not that worried. Yes, if you kidnap me, you better have like a, an amazing RV or something or like some magical cabin somewhere that mm, I have a, no. a full like king size bed with, you know what I'm saying? Ex We're going to be indoors and outdoors. Jason's a glamper. You need indoors yeah. for your outdoor experience. Diva. Yeah, that's right. I'm bougie AF. Yeah, you are. Yeah, right yeah you are. That's All right, why you're gotta, fun to have as a friend. That's You're right. Insane. Right. I have good taste. You know what it is, Liz. But coming up next, she's a political strategist by day and a baker by night. A true female multitasker who loves to bake the sausage on Capitol Hill. She's the founder of Panoptic Strategies and loves to dress up her dogs in clown outfits. That's right. It is none other than the Gretchen Gailey. I would like what to up, reiterate man? they are not clown costumes. They are pajamas to keep them warm. That's it. Uh, it's tomato. There's nothing wrong with pajamas. Tomato, anyway, tomato. <laughs> whatever. Whatever, Jason Beck. Next time I'm going to see you, he's going to be in a sleeping bag under the stars. My <laughs> headline is coming from Marijuana Moment. Biden's attorney general says DOJ is still working on federal marijuana policy approach. 
U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland said yesterday that the Department of Justice is still working on a marijuana policy and that federal health officials are currently taking the lead on a broader ongoing review of cannabis's federal scheduling status that was directed by President Joe Biden. He said, I think that it's fair to expect what all I said at my confirmation hearing with respect to marijuana and policy, that it will be very close to what was done in the Cole Memorandum. He said, referring to an Obama-era policy that directed federal prosecutors to generally not interfere with state cannabis laws, but which was later rescinded by Attorney General Jeff Sessions during the Trump administration. We're not done quite with that just yet, Garland said on the Cannabis Policy Review, adding that finalizing a now completed memo on crack cocaine prosecutions was a more pressing priority for the department. Senator Cory Booker, whose question at a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing prompted the new comments from the Attorney General, replied that he's very eager to get to hear more about the administration's plan for marijuana while more and more states, red and blue, are moving to change their cannabis laws. It'd be good to hear that as quickly as possible, according to Booker. Separately, Garland said that the process surrounding pardons that Biden granted to people who have committed cannabis possession offenses is still working its way through the system to get the final certificates to people so they can demonstrate that they were given the presidential relief. The attorney general misspoke by calling the clemency action commutation, which is a process that cuts short prison sentences and is separate from a pardon, which represents a formal forgiveness for crimes, but does not free anyone from incarceration. Last year, Biden issued a directive to federal agencies, including DOJ and the Department of Health and Human Services, calling on officials to review marijuana scheduling under the Controlled Substance Act and issuing a mass pardon for people who have committed federal cannabis possession offenses. The attorney general told senators yesterday that HHS is working on the question of scientific analysis of marijuana. Some in Congress feel Garland has been slow walking, setting a new cannabis stance at DOJ more than four years after Sessions rescinded the Cole memo. The Justice Department has yet to articulate a coherent posture towards state legal markets, which are still prohibited under federal law. Despite the lack of any formal DOJ guidance so far, Garland has since taken office that marijuana use in legal states is not a department priority. He has said the department's view on marijuana use is that enforcement against use is not a good use of our resources. Well, I greatly agree there with Merrick Garland. And frankly, that's the only point that I agree with him on. If they want to dust off the coal memo, go for it. I don't understand what the problem is. Uh, it's not that hard to take it out of the binders. But again, the coal memo was just a memo. It does nothing. Once again, the Biden administration and Democrats, I'll say it, Democrats suck, doing nothing for cannabis. And I'm sick and tired of trying to be told that Republicans are holding it up because these are the guys in power who could do something. And what are they doing? They're doing nothing, as usual. This is Gretchen for Hyatt 9 News. Do nothing Democrats. Do nothing Democrats. That's their name, the do nothing Democrats. You are so right, Gretchen. And I felt when I saw this that this was nothing more than just like a punt from the Justice Department basically saying, yeah, we know that President Biden said this, but check it out. We're not going to do anything. Yeah. Who appointed all those justices anyway? Well, I mean, Eric Garland only got appointed because he was denied to be a Supreme Court justice. Well, who denied him for being a, a Supreme Court justice after they said that they weren't going to? The votes, the, vote, the votes denied him, Rico. He didn't have the votes to get confirmed. You know, Mitch McConnell wouldn't even bring it to, wouldn't even bring it up. We're not going down right. the Supreme Court rabbit hole here. Let's talk about the story sucks. at oh. hand. The, the, the do, do, the, the do nothing Rico, Democrats. Rico, let me, Rico, let me. But we're not, not going to go there. How do you feel about the Cole memo being their only idea to fix cannabis? Republicans are just trying to squeeze as much money for uh, out of it as possible for corporations. And the Democrats are just saying, oh, yeah, we're going to do everything for the people, for the community. And then they get nothing done. They do nothing. 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 Kill them all. Cancel them all. Right. Burn it down. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Preferably when I'm not in the building. Burn it down.
I mean, no, honestly, no, Gretchen. I mean, do you expect the Justice Department to take any other stance than stances no. that they already have and like try to placate to the left? Like, oh, the Cole Memo is so great, you guys. We're going to reenact it when the Cole Memo doesn't do anything. And I don't understand why cannabis activists think it ever did. All the Cole Memo does is give cover to attorney generals if they want to go after people for they, cannabis they, use. They That's what it that. does. They don't need that. I'm saying political cover, Jason. They don't uh, need it's, that. A, it's a little game called politics. Yes, and some need it, like uh, your girl Kamala uh, definitely needed it back uh, in the day in California. Um, the, the whole thing is just ridiculous, frankly. Um, and if this administration cared at all about moving forward on cannabis policy, they will light a fire under HHS's ass. They would tell the FDA start doing something with CBD. It was put into law that you guys are supposed to regulate this. And all of a sudden you're punting on it. It's bullshit. If they really cared, which they don't, they would do something and they do nothing. I couldn't agree with Gretchen more on this. Thank you. Yep. And on that note, let's move along. Cause that's run the commercial. Both ass. <laughs> The thoughts, opinions, and shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. These statements made do not. Come on. You unmute that. Hi. There you go. <laughs> the, the statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory, or of any authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary responsibility or relationship. Our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you're an easily offended person, talk some shit on ChatGPT. I'll tell you what to do. When you want to grow some of the best weed in the world, then you must start with the best genetics in the world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.s H-O-P to see why our Terps don't lie. Oh, yeah. Coming up next, she's an integrative medicine doctor and a second two-time best-selling author, the CEO of Balance Medicinals. That's right. It's Dr. Mary joining us from the Upper West Side, where she loves to walk around and look at all of the trap bags on her block. That's right. It is Dr. Mary Clifton. Hi, everybody. I hope you're having fun watching the show. I'm out here uh, in Aspen for, uh, for I'll see you here next week, too, I think. Yeah, I'll still be out here. But we can't figure out how to work the TV. So <laughs> we're, we're cleaning up from breakfast. I'm having a blast. I, I wanted to share with you guys this uh, this uh, article that I that uh, I initially saw in the Des Moines Register, uh, but I'm reading it from Cannabis Business Executive. I think it's going uh, at least modestly viral. Tensions grow between Medical Marijuana Board and Iowa's only manufacturer over THC caps. Um, the Iowa State Oversight Board, the uh, Board of Medical Cannabidiol, swatted down a pitch Monday to add another product type to Iowa's medical marijuana program and then berated what they view as one company's attempts to evade strict guidelines for cannabis use. Uh, quote, if they want a recreational program, obtain one through the legislator. Do not corrupt the medical board in your attempts to do so, which is what Bud and Mary's is doing, said Dr. Robert Schreck, a member of the Medical Cannabidiol Board. Bud and Mary's is Iowa's only 
medical cannabis product manufacturer. And they pushed back on the board's characterization, saying that it simply asked the advisory board to approve a more affordable options for Iowans who need the program to alleviate the health conditions. They were specifically asking to add vaporizable flour as an approved product under the state's medical marijuana program. It's the second time the board has rejected the petition from the company. Uh, the group president, Lucas Nelson of Bud and Mary, said, No, I need to hear this. A little over the top. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Oh, you there guys didn't hear me? No, it, it died at Lucas Nelson, as I oh, often okay. do when I hear well, that name. <laughs> well, Lucas Nelson, the group president, said, "I don't understand where the sentiment came from, or where what the why the why the board is coming back so hard." I did attend this board meeting myself. It took you know about thirty-seven minutes to get to the um, to get to the uh, to get to the punchline that they were going to refuse it. And uh, one of the other doctors on the board pointed out that there is no data on the entourage effect in a review of the medical literature. So the idea that flour is superior to vaporizable products is is just not a realistic uh, truism, or it hasn't been proven in research. But I immediately wrote in the Q and A section if you're if you're looking at the research on cannabis in order to determine how to supply cannabis to medical customers, then they you should be only prescribing flour because all of the research was done on flour, not on vapes, not on edibles, just various products that people were using. So really, that should be the first choice for for a medical uh, consumer. And uh, and I'd like to hear what your opinion is on how these medical companies start out with a denial of, of providing flour and eventually add it or don't and why you think that is. And I'm uh, Dr. Mary Clifton coming to you from Aspen this week. I think it's a, I think it's a, a goddamn shame that people, especially in medical conversations, are trying to cap the amount of THC, you're going to cap the amount of medicine, or the, the, yeah, the amount of medicine you're giving to people. This is when everyone needs to yell no cap at them. Uh, no cap. Yeah, no cap. <laughs> it's just <laughs> sad. You know, the, the uh, consumer loses just coming from Texas, you know, and um, having, you know, little slice of the industry here, having to fight for, you know, our medical card and we don't even have flour. It's just like it's more just fuckery from the government, keeping the plant from the people. You know, this is something, this is, we can find a solution to creating policy, to writing policy, you know, and then executing, especially in Iowa. You know, it's like, it's just, that's just all I'm hearing. It's just more bullshit from the government. Yeah, I mean, they commented at one point that they agreed to have medical marijuana and uh, cannabis products available to citizens of Iowa after a group of concerned mothers with kids with uncontrollable seizures. You know, remember, we've talked about seizures before where upwards of 20 percent, 25 percent of people still have seizures even on their prescriptions. So these mothers went to this went and uh, and marched the Capitol, and that's what led to the change. Mm -hmm. um, but they were, you know, they were they started a medical cannabis uh, program in Iowa based on the need to provide those products to that very small subset of a population, and are still very much not interested in driving it forward to include other people. And they also brought the caps under, uh, because they have a THC waiver that you can apply for to uh, to uh, increase your cap. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they were saying those waivers are being used too frequently and are probably promoting a recreational market and not really helping med medical patients. So I think we're going to continue to see ongoing pushback on the waivers from from not only Iowa, but a lot of states that are having a hard time embracing uh, a future that includes readily available cannabis. But wherever you put alcohol, you can put cannabis, and then you can put cannabis in a whole bunch of other locations yep. too for medical. So we have a lot of enemies. Dr. Mary, do we um, do, do we know how what what was the caps that the, that this doctor was proposing? The THC caps. Um, I, I think that Iowa caps at like four grams or six grams for just a regular medical card, and you can come back. That's a weight. That's a weight, though. I'm I'm saying this doctor is advocating. It says three percent cap. cap on THC levels. 
and individual products. So they're not. So then basically, yeah. they're just taking it, uh, taking it like a hundred percent stronger than hemp, basically. Well, they're, um, you know, the cap, the cap commentary was actually a pretty short amount of time. They're not, they're, they're, they're not going to change their THC waiver anytime soon. But they feel like the waivers are being abused. The people that are asking for higher THC products may be abusing that program for recreational. They feel like flower. And waivers is just a slippery slope to all of a sudden where people can smoke weed if they feel like it for recreation. Not want to go there. Are they going to take all the maximum strength Tylenol out of CVS? So yeah, I wonder that too, or the hundred or the tequila. Yeah, I just wish they could see this. I just wish they could really see this as more of like a poll indicator of what their constituents want. And not as like, oh my God, we're falling backwards. But you look at it as look at it as a, as a stream of commerce and a way to bring jobs to your community. Well, right. I was thinking about that with Liz Grow, you know, because they're doing a little march on the Capitol uh, during South by Southwest, and, and we need to we need to powwow a little more on that, Liz, about what yes. we can do to go forward with uh, something on there. But I should probably Absolutely. do something similar in Iowa this summer. Just run around and sign up every senior citizen I can find. <laughs> can well, be and honestly, I would what I would say really needs to be done in both of these cases, Liz, and with you, Dr. Mary, is when you go and approach these folks, you have to bring education to them. They are not understanding the product. They don't understand what a medical patient needs. Uh, these guys aren't doctors. They think they are. Mm -hmm. um, but clearly the industry needs to be much better at educating on the product form, what needs to be done medically, what type of things are appropriate, what type of levels are appropriate for a medical patient. Um, there needs to be a lot more education and especially in uh, these flyover states, frankly, that don't have cannabis is a part of their daily life. They need a, a much better understanding of this. Amen. 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 Yeah. We need to put together a little product and then uh, take it on the road with the, with exactly the same as we talked about earlier. It's so much more important to have a face-to-face -face conversation. It is. And I think tapping into those uh, networks of activism and advocacy that are happening on a local level, I think is the best way, you know, to provide support as a Washington insider or, you know, a doctor, a medical doctor from New York who is not afraid to speak out to provide your services and your light to these pockets of advocacy, say in Texas or in Iowa or in New Jersey. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's why yeah. we're on high at nine because it's kind of everywhere. Um, but it's just so exciting to have you here in person to really well, activate, you know, the community. You know, it's true that there are a lot of people that are already, I mean, so many people that I talk to that are already using weed and they're just trying to get legal so yeah. that they don't get in trouble. Yeah. And uh, it, it, but they're already using it for managing PTSD or anxiety mm -hmm. or or mm -hmm. pain that is just not being controlled with right. other therapies. Sleep. I mean, I, I can't think of a better sleep agent prescription or otherwise. Yeah, I really yeah. like um, Ben's idea yeah, in the chat too. to put something yeah. together for the Iowa State yeah. Fair. I mean, this is where yeah. every national yeah. candidate is going That's to come right. through and shake hands with the dairy princess and pretend yes. to care about Iowa. This is a prime opportunity to educate yeah. even national lawmakers on what needs yeah, to happen. Do. Yes. Yeah, I want to go to the yes. Iowa State Fair. Plus, I just want to go to the Iowa State Fair. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And eat corn they need to put up on the Ferris wheel. They need to put up a hemp booth and be selling hemp out of there. And then like yes. have two other jars on the side and ask Please. anyone if they can tell the difference between uh, marijuana yeah. and hemp and have oh. a side-by-side -side and see how many people will get the answer right. And on that, we got to go to a commercial break. We'll be right back. You got to fry it. <laughs> Brought to you by Iowa you State Cannabis. You fried it. <laughs> Next, we got Nicholas Wildstar Rico. Y'all know who it is. It's the Wisconsin based, it's a Fresno based Wisconsin red purveyor of truth. 
the man who single-handedly gave the state of California a run for their money when he led the efforts to get out there and recall Gavin Newsom. It is the black voice of conservatism in the cannabis industry himself. Come to the stage next, y'all know who it is, Nicholas Wildstar. What's up, everybody? Millions of dollars worth of illegal marijuana plants were seized in San Bernardino during a recent crackdown. Five search warrants led to the seizure of around $2.5 million in illegal marijuana plants, said the San Bernardino Police Department. The warrants targeted illegal marijuana grows and distribution, which uncovered multiple large-scale operations, authorities said. Overall, 6,572 plants were destroyed, 812 pounds of marijuana recovered, and over $2,000 in cash was seized, bullshit officials said. The estimated street value of the illegal plants was approximately $2.5 million, police said. Images released from the bus operations show several warehouses fully stocked with tons of illegally cultivated cannabis plants. Officers also located a functional and pressurized butane honey oil extraction lab that was secured and later dismantled by the San Bernardino County IRNET, um, the police said. Multiple agencies were involved in a crackdown, including San Bernardino Code Enforcement, San Bernardino Animal Control, California Department of Cannabis Control, California Department of Fish and Wildlife, Department of Tax and Fee Administration, U.S. Army National Guard, and SoCal Edison. Earlier in 2022, uh, 2022, a statewide marijuana crackdown was led by the California Department of Justice's Campaign Against Marijuana Planting Camp uh, Program. During that program, authorities seized nearly 1 million illegally cultivated uh, cannabis plants and over 200,000 pounds of illegally processed cannabis in the state, according to the California Attorney General's Office. Counties across Northern, Central, and Southern California were targeted over the course of 449 operations. Along with illegal cannabis, authorities also seized 184 weapons and removed almost 67,000 pounds of cultivation infrastructure, including dams, water lines, and containers of toxic chemicals. California has the largest safe, legal, and regulated cannabis market in the world, but unfortunately, illegal and unlicensed grows continue to proliferate, said cricket-ass AG Rob Bonta. Karen Moritzen of the California State Director of uh, the Bureau of Land Management said, these illegal operations have a devastating impact on our environment and the health and safety of our communities and public land users. Reporting for the High Nine News Hour, this is Nick Wildstar, aka the Governor. Be sure to check out my Chat GPT AI generated opinion piece on the website now. Speak now or forever. Hold your peace, and I'm about this bitch. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. I mean, how, how much? How much? Weed, how much weed dry did they have in this? In this? Was it wet or was it dry? I don't know, but they said it was over 200,000 pounds of processed cannabis. Okay, 200,000 pounds of dried weed. Okay. Yeah, and 812 pounds of marijuana. So uh, it says overall... 12 pounds of what? uh, 812 pounds of marijuana. You know, they love that word. But (laughs) it says over 6,500 plants were destroyed also. So... Overall, it was just a waste of taxpayers' money. All of these different governmental agencies involved. And um, who did it really harm? You know, the consumer. Because as much as they want to say the the regulated market is helping, it's not. I mean, the small businesses are suffering because of it. And that's why we really need to have a true and open free market for cannabis here in the state. I mean, I'll I'll say this much. I don't know what value. They're definitely not using... The regular valuation that law enforcement uses, they, they could have had a much bigger headline because right. just at that math, that's it. That's it, like uh, $800 a pound, and that's just on the 200,000 pounds, and I didn't even include the 800 pounds. Right. These people, you can't trust them to do their math right anyway. 
I mean, whoever whoever came up the headline, they could have they could have had way more. They could should have said at least at least a you know five million dollar seizure. You know, they could probably could even put gone up to as far as seven and a half with the way the law enforcement does math. Well, they thought they did it with the dollar amount. You know, two point five million dollars worth of illegal cannabis. You know. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That the quantification that law enforcement usually does to quantify those types of headlines, they mm-hmm. could have gone up, in my opinion, as high as 7.5 million to justify their their numbers. So they 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 missed out on five million dollars of headlines right now, in my opinion, on this. Well, I, I think that um, it's all a bunch of bullshit, and I can't wait until Iowa starts coming through with some headlines. That say, hey, yo, Iowa is a swing state. I was is a swing state, and we do have a presidential election coming up. So, all you cannabis advocates out there in Iowa, get your ass out there on the campaign trail. Get in the face of these candidates and make sure your voices are heard. Demand, yes. demand. Don't ask. Demand. They work for you. Damn it. And because right. it is March, the woman. Oh boy! Well, speaking on that, speaking on that, we got to go to our next speaker. It's coming, come land this plane. We have Liz Grow. That's right. She's the host of the podcast Feminized, and we want to say a special hello to all of her little feminized friends that are joining us, watching in today on her stream. Oh yeah, that's right. From the great state of Texas, the great red state is none other than Liz Grow. Oh, thank you for that, Jason. I do have to say my. Little feminized fans are quite big and quite powerful and uh, will take you down. No, um, but today I'm so excited to be here, you guys, to share a story about activism. So when we get what we want, we have to make sure that they give us what we have asked for and what we won. And that's not happening in Connecticut, in Connecticut because they continue to prosecute some marijuana cases despite legalization already taking place. This summary was written by ChatGBT, y'all. I scanned it. And now I'm going to read it to you. But let me tell you, this story is was in the Connecticut Mirror. And Connecticut's chief state attorney, Patrick Griffin, has testified that the state is continuing to pursue criminal action against some people previously charged for possession of marijuana, despite the adult use and recreational sale of cannabis being legalized almost two years ago. Griffin's remarks came during a public hearing for proposed legislation that would end the prosecution of any ongoing marijuana-related cases if the activity being prosecuted is now decriminalized. Connecticut legalized the adult use and possession of small amounts of recreational marijuana in 2021, but in some marijuana offenses that have since been legalized still haven't been dismissed. Specifically, the 2021 law allows for a person to have up to 1.5 ounces in their possession and 5 ounces in their home or locked vehicle. It also erased certain cannabis-related criminal convictions, some automatically and others through the person's petition. The proposed legislation would go a step farther by mandating prosecutors to reevaluate marijuana-related charges to determine whether the action being charged is no longer a chargeable offense and dismissing the charge if it's now considered totally legal, okay? So the proposed bill would establish an independent oversight body to ensure that prosecutors move swiftly and lawfully. Um, Guys, I just want to hear about your thoughts on this. This state legalized cannabis over two years ago, but yet still people are sitting, are entangled in the justice system for things that, for, for offenses that are now perfectly legal. Let's close it with that, man. What's that about? Liz, I have a I have a question for you. Does it say anywhere in the article when these offenses occurred? Because if they happened prior to legalization, I think they can do what they want. Well, they did. They did. Um, and it does talk about that. They happened prior to legalization, but the argument still stands. Now people are benefiting, businesses are benefiting on the sale of one ounce of weed when uh three years ago i got popped at a party with one ounce of weed and my life is still fucked for that you know that's just the example i think that's the conversation and there are lots of organizations that are in working in cannabis or working in connecticut now to help move that legislation along and find justice for um these folks who are you know now within the confines of the law and uh i want to play the devil's advocate a little bit on this on this one because I don't, I don't believe that just because cannabis is legal and people are profiting is a reason that people shouldn't go to jail. I don't, I, I don't buy that argument 
for, for that particular purpose because alcohol is legal. Tons of people go to jail every year for alcohol. You have other, all types of other things that are legal that people go to jail for all the time that people are profiting on. So I don't think that should not be the reason Agreed. for it. Although I do agree in the criminal justice reform aspect and everything of it, I don't think that's a good talking point. Agreed. And, you know, all things being equal is what I'm saying. You know, now we've got to disentangle the law, okay, because we've got a brave new world of adult use cannabis. And, and now it's all legal, but yet we have people who are still suffering from the war on drugs. And um, so just really big shout out to those people who are fighting in Connecticut to um, help. Uh, I don't know. Help so, so these, these are all people that so legalization came in and then these are all people that went to jail after that. Am, am I understanding this correctly? No. So these are cases that are still being prosecuted. They are still being prosecuted. Oh, they, 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 today. Did, they didn't finish prior. They, they didn't I imagine get, they probably got yeah. held up because of COVID. And so now it's happening. You wonder how much money they're going to lose if they can't do an add-on with the cannabis. I mean, if it was just a simple traffic violation that then got a couple of add-ons thanks to cannabis, then, you know, what is it going to limit their prosecution capabilities and, and then subsequently not fund the prison the way we need to? It really uh, limits, amazing point, Dr. It, it really limits their, their, their ability to, 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 um, to for, for for cases because normally they like to put like six or seven different charges and then that way they can only st actually stick you with like two or three of them you know so it, lo it lowers their ability to like if all of a sudden they can only arrest you for two or three charges then they're gonna have to make all two or three of those actually stick yeah yeah. yeah it sucks it's 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 yuck um yeah. there's work being done what do you think on this nicholas you with us connecticut yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually quite stupid that we have to still apply um, mm -hmm. just to get, uh, I guess, some kind of justice. I mean, if these are cases that are still being litigated and uh, prosecuted, mm -hmm. then if the law exists now, it they need to drop those cases. It's just like if a grower was, you know, busted for growing before they legalize growing or somebody you brought up alcohol if somebody was brewing their own alcohol before they allowed that to happen it's so stupid that we're even sitting around waiting for government to give us permission to be free people and exercise our rights when that's what this country is really all about if it's yep. open to entrepreneurship and you know, yep. uh, equal opportunities for everyone, then it shouldn't just be for the multi-million, billion-dollar company that comes along and is able to afford legal services, you know, versus Joe Schmo stuck with the um, public pretender. Mm. It's, it's, it's funny you Amen. say that, uh, um, uh, uh, Nicholas. It's funny that you say that because we're talking about Connecticut right now. And Gretchen uh, said, I wonder if this was pushed back because of COVID. And so I just uh, searched if cannabis was an essential business in the state of uh, Connecticut for uh, um, uh, during COVID. And it says that they went above and beyond all their states. They actually, uh, in, in not listing cannabis as an essential business, but uh, cannabis as a, an essential business. Healthcare and expediting people's access to it. And it should be known that, Canada, uh, that Connecticut only has four licensed cultivators. It's all run by well, government cartels. Follow well, the frankly, money. Rico. Well, Rico, you know, yeah. also look at exactly what you said. Healthcare, yeah. medical. I guarantee you, these guys weren't selling medical weed that they're being prosecuted for. Uh, first of all, Gretchen, all, oh, use, all use is medical use. Uh, all right. All right. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. Let's not go down the community. I'm talking about the legal standpoint of what Connecticut is going to say. Yes. Yeah. I, I think you're I'm right. I'm, I'm They're coming from a prosecutor standpoint. But it's all man's law. It's all I'm I hear are the words that I'm writing down. And if you don't if you don't adhere to these words, well then we've got a problem. Isn't it? That's what we're coming down to here in in exactly. Connecticut. And I think what Dr. Mary said was just like, wow, follow the money. How much is the, you know, how much is the state gonna lose if they don't prosecute these cases? I mean, it's just it's gross. It's human lives that are being, you know, paused at the very least. 
yes. uh, by this system. And other and other time other this you know so much time being consumed like on that bust uh, you know that uh, Nicholas Wildstar talked about like how many lives got saved with that bust and 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 how many lives are going to be ruined in Connecticut because it's an easy add on you know yeah. maybe try looking for some people who are dealing fentanyl and get some fentanyl off the street start closing some of those loops because people are actually dying from fentanyl. Just, just not the people that were listening to that story from yesterday, right? That's a that's an interesting, uh, interesting thing. Lisa actually lives is one of our viewers that actually lives in Connecticut, and she says one man pled guilty shortly before legalization after seven years of waiting for them to move on his case. He was growing with a medical card. No. Yes. No. So Great. Connecticut, we know you can do better than that. Oh come on, Connecticut! Come on, Connecticut. This is shameful. Have all those liberal elites out there, and all those yeah. high-end colleges. Get out of here! I know you guys can do better than you this. guys are supposed to be the smartest. Limousine liberals. All right, so we're at the top of the hour. Thank you all for tuning in for another episode of High Nine News. Catch us weekdays at nine a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to the live audience members, online supporters, giving us feedback. Daily headlines of chaos, known as the developing cannabis industry. Big shout out to our vetted industry correspondent team from all over the global community, bringing us a variety of perspective and adding your expertise to the opinions and conversation that we have here every single day at Hyatt Nine. The Hyatt Nine production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, Jaja Simone holding things down over in Clubhouse. Thank you all for keeping our AV struggles to a minimum. Big shout out to my man Adam behind the scenes doing his damn thing too. And to the haters. I don't even know what to say today. I think I'll ask ChatGPT, and they'll give me a great <laughs> comeback for that shit. <laughs> yes. And big shout out to Cannabis Sativa L, Mama Juana herself. We love you. It is Women's History Month, and um, all the praise is due to you. It is Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. The show is over. You've been blessed with today's top industry headlines. We hope it's enough for you to put it in your pipe and smoke it. If it wasn't, put some more in there. My name is Rico Lamy, the dopest dad on the street. Just remember, life gives you no place else to turn. Ask ChatGPT. Take us out, Adam. <laughs>